This week, I wanted to give a big shout out to a business supporting a cause close to my heart. So every single week in the UK, an average of 84 men take their own lives and 75% of all suicides in the UK are men, making it the single biggest killer of guys under 45. Beard Poo has taken care of beards and blokes since 2017. And although I don't have a beard, it's a great, great uh, product for a great cause. And it's co-founded by SOTD, Football Index SOTD, one of the big FI Twitter accounts. And Beard Poo produces shampoo and moisturiser products that leave your beard feeling and looking and smelling fresh. It also gifts 25% of its profits to the charity Calm, helping prevent male suicide, raise awareness around men's mental health and fund emergency support for those in trouble. Lee asked me to help spread the word and I'm only too happy to help. Plus, he's offered all Figcast listeners 30% off their first Beard Poo order and said he'll double the donation to Calm on all orders. Look after your beard and a bloke in need by going to www.beardpoo.com and use the code FIG30. I'll be buying some, even though I don't have a beard. I think it's a great cause, and and, and shout out to Football Index SOTD, aka Lee, who's uh, part of this great, great product. Uh, welcome to the Football Index podcast. It's episode 78, and in a rare feat, I'm joined by not one, but two great guests and returning guests. So first up, uh, Football Index Analysis, who was uh, on episode 7 and 46, otherwise known as Joel. How are you doing, mate? Hi, thanks for having me back. <laughs> Pleasure, mate. Uh, one of the founders of Edge, Football Index Edge, and uh, we were part of the same team at the Football Index Quiz Night on Thursday night, and uh, I think we got robbed, didn't we? Absolutely, we were. Our team was very good today, answering all the questions for us, but somehow <laughs> we weren't even in the top three. Yeah, madness. Um, probably some politics at play. Opta winning. Uh, no surprises there. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I'm also joined by uh, Ollie Price Bates, who was over on uh, episode 51, uh, Arsenal blogger uh, turned football index trader and advocate. How are you doing, mate? Good, thanks. Just trying to calm down after the hell to try and get on. But um... yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's some technical difficulties meant uh, it took Ollie about 30 minutes to get on the stream, which was uh, good fun. Good fun. Uh, how, how are you guys feeling since you last joined the podcast? What what what's your FI journey kind of developed since then? Um, for me, I mean, definitely gone to another level, I guess, since episode fifty-one. When was that? Probably back in Octoberish. Probably about six months ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've probably gone a lot quicker um, towards that mainstream sort of goal that we're hoping for um, than I would have expected there's been a few bumps along the way and there's probably an- another bump that we're sort of in at the moment but um it's all part of it isn't it yeah it's, it's been amazing really though if you think back on it um uh, it was last year so january especially was absolutely crazy and there's uh, I, I, I don't know what the user numbers were like then but it's probably about it feels like double the size now and prices are maybe at a similar level after a buy three share split <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to think how far it's come so far, but um, I'm sure there's more to come. Uh, we've got a lot of questions, but before we get into it, I just need to remind you guys that I've been nominated as the best gambling content creator at the Football Blogging Awards, which is absolutely amazing. Thank you, everyone who's voted so far. I've been shortlisted, and you can still vote. Uh, voting closes on the 21st of April. You can either go to footballbloggingawards.co.uk and vote there, or you can just tweet I am voting for at FI guide underscore in at the FBAs uh, with an S at the end for hashtag best gambling content creators. So thanks everyone who's voted so far. And if you haven't uh, and you enjoy the content, please do so. So again, that's uh, www.footballbloggingawards.co.uk if you're not fancying a tweet. Uh, Thanks so much again for all your support so far. Uh, the first question is from Dan Jack Knife. A question from uh, for Ollie. As an Arsenal fan, 
Has being a vegan improved Bellerin's PB this season? Um, well, if he was playing, it'd be helpful. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, his his uh, injuries really been a massive blow for Arsenal, isn't it? In terms of having a natural right back, we obviously had Lich Steiner brought in as that backup, but he can't even get in the team ahead of a uh, a winger in Maitland Niles. So. Um, I don't know how to answer that question, really. <laughs> Other than I jo- miss him, <laughs> Joel, you're you're um you're the you're the data man. Uh, have you have you done any number crunching on pre and post veganism? Um, so I'm not sure exactly when he became a vegan, but from the question of saying has it improved this season, uh, I looked at last season's stats and he averaged a match day score of 88 last year, and it's 66 this year. He won three match day dividends last year. He hasn't won any this year. He played 47 games last year. He's played 19 this year. So from that, I'd say keep eating the steak and eggs, guys. <laughs> better answer. Uh, a better answer. Uh, I just I just pulled up a uh, an article while you were chatting there, Joel. The athlete who plays for Arsenal went vegan in 2017 after trying a plant-based diet for three weeks. So um, yeah, it's been um, it's been a while since he's been uh, since he went vegan, uh, but clearly. Um, if he, so that must have been 2017, 18. So yeah, if he went vegan last season, uh, but his performances have decreased this season, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe going vegan is bad for PB. Yeah. Maybe it just takes a while for the negative effects to set in. (laughs) You have to add another filter to, to the edge. I'll yeah, get working on it. There'll be all sorts of filters on all sorts of data sites after this episode. Uh, the next question from uh, Zen and the Art of Football Index, who's been on the show before. How are you guys feeling about the current state of the market? Were you expecting more growth post-share split with the Champions League and Europa League games back? And should FI be doing more to attract the new users we need to have made the split worth doing? How do I feel about the current state of the market? Is I, I do have... a an overall sort of concern over the sort of lack of education, I guess, in terms of people understanding the game and, and thinking, you know, if you just have a quick browse of Facebook and the forums, uh, you can see some drastically wrong misconceptions or people not even understanding some of the basic functions. Um, and there's a, a hell of a lot of new users that I think are in that um, pool of people. So it's sort of driving parts of the market the wrong way I would think but I mean could football index be doing a bit more to 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 educate them I think possibly we sort of had a massive push for new users in January especially with that talk sport stuff Mm. and I feel like it was just uh you know obviously it's great to get all the new users through the door but there was a sort of massive celebration and it was as if job done you know but we need to take these people on on the journey um you know, obviously, this podcast is a great thing for new people to listen to, but the company itself, I think, should be doing a little bit more to try and ensure we retain those customers and also the market moves in a healthy way that makes makes a bit more sense. The current state of the market, uh, the last couple of weeks have actually been two of the best, two of my best for a while. Um, but I think that's, I think, I think the focus has been more on on the top players and why they've fallen really, which is what has led to this feeling that we're maybe in a bit of a down period I, th- I think there's kind of two reasons behind that one of them is that money's been real- reallocated to the lower end of the market because of the increase in in-play dividends post share split and the other reason is that for the last three months one of the driving factors behind buying the top players was maybe that you knew the share split was happening so it's quite natural that at some point after the share split there'd be a bit of a correction as those people who bought for the share split start to sell and look at perhaps other players um on whether fi should be doing more to attract new users i think i think firstly they're doing a great job at the moment i think their sign up numbers are pretty good um but i think i think they did show in january that when they do really go for it with new users they can get sign ups in absolute mass numbers just hopefully if they do give it another massive push like they did for try january Hopefully they've got more staff in place to get those new users onboarded. Yeah, I, I was speaking to Kieran at the quiz, and he was talking about one of their one of their goals for this quarter is to to really build out the team, which kind of shows to me that um, 
they have got a lot more customers than what they can current uh, currently facilitate on the capacity side, which isn't a bad thing. It happens in startups all the time where things move so quickly that suddenly you're like, oh, shit, you know, we're doubling or tripling the output that we've we had three months ago but we've got the same size team or the team hasn't grown um consistently in line with the amount of work that needs to be done if that makes sense so i i don't know i I feel like people are talking about the state of the market now it's you know you look at neymar and he's been he literally went up for the last month did not stop and now he's gone down a bit but he's still massively up if you look at it from a month's month cycle and i think that um people who who are buying these players if you expect them to go up forever with literally no road bumps then you're looking at football index's market completely wrong or in, in the wrong way at least and i think if if uh if you panic too much and if you're constantly worrying about this then you need to fix that or learn how to um maintain comp- composure so that you don't panic and and therefore, as a byproduct of that, you'll you'll probably uh, become a better trader. So, what what do you guys think? Like FI could do on the onboarding side, Ollie. You mentioned that um, they should be doing more to actually take uh, traders on that journey to becoming educated on the product. What would be your kind of first port of call? What would, what would you do if you were their uh, head of education or whatever? I just think. You know, you know, some websites when you um, start to use them, you get sort of a little mini guide to where everything is and what what everything means on the website. It would help when they sort of finalise the beta website and everything's working properly. But you know, a sort of an easy step by step guide with little pop ups just reminding people, um, you know, where to find the match day rankings and things. Because it's as simple as that. Uh, a lot of traders on the forums and and Facebook. I find myself telling them about things, you know, they've been trading for a couple of weeks and they're, they're not aware of the most basic functions. And I just think yeah. we need to be, well, football index needs to be doing more. Um, it's, you know, we have some responsibility as well, but ultimately they need to t- take them on a journey and really um, make everyone understand it. Because the problem is, as you say, you're, you're quite right. Those big players can't keep going up, but when people have no idea what a yield is or, what the dividends are they're just buying them because they're the big players then they're sort of wondering why is it not going up anymore you know so yeah i think that's spot on i think those little pop-ups tutorial would 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 be ideal uh so the next question is from sean fi uh he, he also says what do you make of the current state of the market it's been a tough week for most of the top players best time to top up too many people are being impatient in my opinion so uh, let's look at the other side if people are looking at a kind of opportunity to to buy into these players is this potentially a good opportunity or would you be looking to wait until the summer obviously it depends on the player um to some degree but there's plenty of value uh, all across the index now i'd say there's um i'd say about 80 percent of the players i i think a good value if i had more money i'd be putting it into quite a few players i'd say um if you always refer back to yields or potential future yields and I think it's a great opportunity if you've got the money there. I think just some people have sort of cashed in over the last uh, week or so, and that's maybe created a bit of dip in those top players, but they'll always, they'll always be towards the top. The right players will. Um, so yeah, if, if you've got an opportunity to top up, probably a good time. Maybe again, it like, depends on the players, but I, I wouldn't say I'd buy just because there's been drops on particular players because on football index market sentiment and uh trends tend to have have a lot of sway um so players that fall often continue falling so i, I think i think monday's really going to be the key on this one see what happens on monday about the uh transfer window and special dividends potentially or whatever offers they do but also i think in periods where maybe the market isn't growing as much sometimes it's the players that have risen slightly that would have risen more in a more buoyant market 
that can often be the better ones to go for rather than the ones that have fallen. Yeah, I think there's two people who, who very much see themselves as contrarian traders. That's Football Index SOTD and um, uh, Dan from Index Gain. They're, they're both always kind of just doing the opposite of what everyone does, which is um, which is which is quite good. So the next question is from uh, Nick S from Slack and Ollie. This is uh, kind of directed at you. <laughs> Does Ollie PB agree that there is an obvious conflict of interest given his position as a trader and a writer for Football Index? He has the ability to promote whoever he wants to the FI public and benefit from the exposure of FI tweeting his articles. Secondly, and hopefully this is answered honestly, honestly, how many of the players does he own pre-publication of an article? Yeah, completely fair um, observation from Nick. Uh, completely get it. The first thing I, I, I would say is that um, I work with Tom at the index to sort of talk about what what I'll write about. It's not what I decide to write about necessarily. Um, it's you know it can be a, a lot of the time Tom wants me to react to an Arsenal game or a bit of Arsenal transfer news. And honestly, I do, I do not hold all the players that I write about at all. Um, and a lot of my articles aren't really promoting certain players. They're just reflections on the news and how that might have an impact on the index potentially. Um, and always give valid reasons for that as I say so it will be backed by news or or recent data if someone's in a purple patch for example Um, and always I would always encourage traders to make their own decisions but that ultimately started writing for the index to try and get some of my uh, followers involved in in football index and get them on board yeah and I I I do actually think you've done that really well Oli I think I put it in my 2019 predictions where I talked about how I thought Football Index would finally move away from that kind of spammy, uh, shove it down your throat affiliate marketing, which I'm maybe, maybe that's, that's done well on a CPA basis in terms of how many people have been acquired per post or whatever. But it, I don't know, it, it leaves a, a slight sour taste in your mouth in terms of kind of the, um, the brand Football Index itself. And also, are the customers that you acquire as loyal and uh, are they uh, the type of trader that you want to that you want to acquire from a football index standpoint whereas i think if you have someone like yourself who has a trusted audience and you're talking about it kind of in an interactive way it's really beneficial and i think uh, football index traders have kind of those who are kind of i don't want to say slagging you off for this but uh, i think they're looking past the the goods and just looking at okay is there something like strange going on here people are forgetting that tom that you mentioned there is an fi employee and he tweets about players directly um obviously he doesn't own them but you know we've talked about that before we're talking about this now um i'd argue that you know if football index likes someone's tweet and then the next tweet that that trader does is about a player, then indirectly FI have influenced um, the market, if that makes sense. Because if they've liked a tweet or retweeted a tweet and that person gets more followers and then they post about a player, I don't know. I, I think um, it's it's a double-edged sword in so many different ways, but uh, I, I look at it as um, Football Index are trying to acquire traders or customers in the right way through someone like you rather than um some of the ways we've seen them do it which may have been successful but maybe hasn't been uh, as good for their brand i don't know if you've got anything to add to this show yeah i just want to say i think tipping in general um not that i tip specific players but for people who who do i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing um you know especially if you highlight sort of reasons for why you think that person is value and I only think it's dangerous when people are doing it to maybe sell off their uh their players in the sell queue or something like that so mm. if I ever talk about a player you know on slack on on uh on twitter or briefly mention them in an article and if I do hold them um it will be because I believe in them in the long term I'm a long-term trader I'm not someone who flips players at all or does anything like that so I think it's healthy for people to talk about uh, players they think of value as long as they're not shoving it down each other's throats and um, using it as an opportunity to pump and dump as they say <laughs> 
Certainly. Uh, the next question is from the real FI Cole. How essential is it that FI sort the payments out for in-play dividends? In my opinion, they are damaging the brand by not sending out communications about players that haven't had dividends paid when they should have. It looks like they are hiding it. Well, it's, it's definitely important, and I'm sure it's high up on their priority list. Um, maybe it can be extended to all dividends, not just in-play dividends. Yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely crucial. I I think we'd all agree that they shouldn't be rolling out daily. We we'd all love daily IPDs to be paid, but until it can be perfected, um, they should have perhaps kept it as a weekly thing. You know, for new traders, as we say, if we're trying to teach them the rules, and then the there's always caveats with it um, quite quite frequently, as it's been recently. Then it's very difficult to take them on that journey and, and keep them interested in the long term. I know I did it as a little experiment with Kazola, for example, and he had two late payments. And by that time, he dropped 5p. So for some users, they might feel like they can't sell him until they've um, got those 1p dividends. And then they just think they're massively out of pocket. Logically, obviously, it has to be daily. And I actually think just from a technical side, Joel, do you think it's easier to pay uh, daily than it is weekly? Um, uh, it, sh- it should be fairly simple to be honest the daily process they should from their opt to feed of all the goal scorers it should be quite easy to link it into uh, goal scorers and ass- assists and clean sheets it should be quite easy to do on a daily I think it's quite exciting also what Adam's spoken about eventually it being straight after the goal happening because I, I, like you said it would be so exciting seeing it on, on like a Saturday afternoon or whatever your phone going off with you know, getting dividends every time one of your players scores. That That's something that could be quite exciting, that instantaneous payout. But moving to, from week to, weekly to daily is obviously something that um, has been done to go down that path. But uh, Football Index needs to, like, really... Um, make that this tech side of stuff more robust i think that has to be their priority um even if it's by sacrificing some of their kind of marketing activity or whatever i think after monday's announcement they should just concentrate on getting that stuff right because not only does it damage the brand which is what um fi cole has alluded to it also damages the market in a way because it means if those dividends aren't paid out on time and then they're potentially not reinvested in on time at the same time for those people that withdraw dividends if they're not withdrawing those dividends that they like to do every time they get paid out then they lose faith in the product so um there's one thing which is it's harming you know maybe market liquidity because there's less money being reinvested into the index and then it's harming kind of uh customer loyalty because if if there's someone who has an alternative tactic tactic like uh withdrawing their dividends then they're not able to do that and it's um it's it's damaging for them but uh i, I don't know i think uh, how how long term how 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 what in the kind of list of priorities do you think this should be for the next the technical side of things joe at, at the top or yeah at the top it's it's quite simple, uh, especially going into the summer. If they can do another preseason push, I think everything needs to be completely polished by then. And with the new website, hopefully, also coming in before the start of next season. It, if the new website comes in and there's still problems, I think people are going to start asking bigger questions. So it's really important that when once that comes in, it's kind of a, it's like a it's like a restart for the football index brand and we we see it working as we'd expect it to and we had a chat after the uh, quiz didn't we um talking about how maybe football index weren't ready for that massive user push from a technical side from a kind of staff size uh, side of things everything um do you think they're kind of going to be more cautious in terms of their pushes because they maybe didn't realize um just how many people they could actually attract if they pushed hard enough i mean i think so i think like looking back on January, I remember speaking to friends and everyone was saying every YouTube ad they see it was Football Index or it was, it was everywhere. Um, so I think they've scaled back on that a little bit because they want to do it more sustainably. But then once everything, once all the tech and everything sorted out, then I'm sure that they can ramp that up again without any problems. Uh, I think, you know, heading into the new season, as you mentioned, sorting the, the team out, um, making sure 
there feeling solid and ready for another influx of new traders, um, sorting the website out, unifying that presence. You know, are people using the beta site, they're using the normal site. When is the beta site not going to be the beta site anymore? And when, when is everything going to work? Um, all three of those need to be in good shape um, before they sort of do another push, I'd say, ahead of the new season, ideally. Mm. Uh, just before we move on uh, I just need to tell you guys about the Figcast Data Providers Index Gain. So at the moment they've got a portfolio price movements tracker that has been really useful for a lot of traders. So sign up to Index Gain as a premium member and monitor your portfolio price movements using their MyPort feature. Uh, just add your players using the Index Gain app or desktop site and then you can see how your entire portfolio has risen or fallen over any time period, be it three minutes or 90 days something that football index themselves have not uh, added a kind of uh, proper robust tracker if you guys want to find out more about that head over to indexgain.co.uk and you can use the code fig 2019 for 50 percent off your first month uh, ollie I've, I've seen you on the index gain slack community a lot uh, any any kind words to... yeah really good I, I use slack for work so i sort of uh, use it as a bit of a, a community for chatting about anything football index um good place to sort of react quickly to news um and see what other people are thinking um and also as you say that that my portfolio tracker is really handy when you sort of open up the index and see you're up or down a certain amount and can't find where the movements come from if you've got quite a few players um yeah. that's a really handy feature yeah it's um it's certainly proven very handy for a lot of traders and I, I find myself a lot looking at my portfolio sometimes being down a lot and being like where's this come from which is a nightmare uh the next question uh moving on is from football index focus who was on the podcast very recently you guys should check it out uh, where do you see football index in three or five years we always look at the next six to 12 months but what about further down the line will the index even still exist by then and and joel we, we were speaking about this on on the tube right after the uh, the quiz where um what what is the next step and and you were kind of um struggling to answer this one yeah i mean i think in, in terms of the question I, I think they've definitely proved the concept now of a football trading market which obviously was unprecedented before football index and there's clearly thousands of users that absolutely love it uh, I think we're now starting to see a bit of a period of potential competitors coming in. And I think it was interesting seeing Ad on Adam Cole's recent Cedars update talking about raising more funds so that they can further take advantage of their first mover advantage. Um, and if they spend that money well, um, polishing up the product, sorting out the tech issues, and then starting to ramp up the advertising again. Uh, I don't see any reason why they can't continue to grow over the next three or five years. And where do you see it in terms of a product iterating in the next three to five years? What do you think the major changes would be if I had a gun to your head? Drawing a blank on that one. I, 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 think, I think just, I don't think it needs to be vastly different to how it is now. Just polished up. I, I, I've got I've got a uh, prediction, if you like, that... Sure. Um, well, I think first we'll see a few more new territories. Um, and I think to help them break into there, there might be a little bit more of a fantasy football element of it in terms of using your players um, in a certain way or you know, payouts based on the top European team. Um, because I think that's an easy thing to sell, if you like, to, to new countries. Uh, there's so many teams, that, so many countries that are doing fantasy football. Um, that's a sort of universal language. Um, and I could just see something more that way heading, as well as what they've already got. But um, I think that could be like a, a big selling point to draw people in. I've had friends across Europe that sort of are very interested in the in the product and would love to be on it and they all say that you know Italians especially I think would love love to have it over there but but could it be uh more of a thing where you know something something like media buzz is iterated where um European media is taken into account to, to kind of try and like kind of uh influence those those people yeah some something will definitely have to change there I think if they you know go across the whole of Europe or even worldwide I don't know exactly how that's going to work, whether they have their own separate pools or 
it's a bigger pool that everyone's got to adapt to but i mean that's yeah a long way down the line but as we as we're talking about three to five years yeah that's very possible <laughs> yeah i think um that's the natural iteration right uh <laughs> I can't imagine being live in Germany and Spain and not having like build and marker contributing, right? Because if you're a Spanish speaking football fan and you're interested in this product and you're buying like a, you know, a, a Spanish, like you're, you're buying a Real Madrid or Barcelona player who, um, apart from the likes of Messi, don't get much MB traditionally, then it's going to be an off-putting thing if the only thing that they can win is IPDs and PB when kind of MB is that thing that keeps it ticking along. I think that MB should always be there and I think it, in my opinion, will be watered down going forward uh, in in terms of if we look at that three to five year uh, timeline. But it's still kind of essential to the way the product runs. And if that's iterated and made more robust, aka, you know, European media and maybe the um, the actual system, the the um, the points that are attributed to, to each word are a bit more logical or if Football Index make their own matrix there, then those two things are quite large and they would actually make the product a lot better. But again, they can't be done overnight. These these things do need to take, you know, 18, 24 months or whatever. Uh, Joel, any other predictions? Yes, yeah, so on the media, I think actually there's quite a lot of scope for improving that aspect of it. Like the, the obvious thing being full names and half the name, you know, like you should get points if it's an article, Kane scores the winner in the World Cup. It shouldn't have to say Harry Kane, stuff like that. Also, uh, looking at it on a more macro level with more, with media sites perhaps having less influence and more small blogs and social media having uh, more influence over the general public perhaps something like social media mentions or something like that could come in if we're talking about a five-year timeline there's a, there's a lot of things like that I think you, they could start looking at in, in a few years time yeah because like if you look at news as a thing um papers are the news but twitter has definitely made news digital right so where where do you guys go to find your news i go to twitter i don't go to daily mail or the sun or whatever um that's just the fact of the matter right now and definitely as uh you know in the next three to five years that's going to be more and more apparent there's going to be journalists who aren't working for uh, newspapers they have their own blogs i don't know ollie this is kind of your territory if you want to add to anything i think it's a great idea in terms of like the top trending on social uh, player i think that would make it a little bit more interesting because the the media do have their favorites um whereas on on twitter we tend to talk about uh you know Probably Wanyama right now is trending because he scored the first goal, for example. Um, and you could, it's a way to sort of get the people involved without one person having too much influence. So it's not, I'm not sure about the sort of having lower blogs um, suggestion because that's what you could get a little bit murky there. But yeah, if you're taking the whole of Twitter, for example, there's no way that that can sort of be manipulated by any one person. And the same way that any one journalist, people might argue, could manipulate, you know, Daily Mail headlines. Yeah, I mean, it's never going to be perfect. Things in general life can be manipulated by people. You look at Elon Musk tweeting about Tesla stock, like, you know, there is never going to be something so airtight that is not possible like you know and obviously there's the sec there to enforce uh their rulings on someone like elon musk but it still happens is what i'm trying to say uh but it's an interesting question from fi focus uh screech sensei uh asks a question for both of you considering fi has migrated to a new platform how concerned are you that we are still having some if not more issues uh, ipd is not being paid media buzz errors pb scores not updating and we touched on this in an earlier question but uh the migration that that has been talked about uh i mean a, a, probably a back-end one right and it seemed or was apparently quite seamless is it a concern that fi have kind of done that kind of thing in the background and it's actually made things worse joe uh it's certainly frustrating I, I wouldn't necessarily say i'm concerned though i don't i think everything that all the issues that have occurred i think should be fairly easy to fix i'm not i'm not a developer or anything like that so I, i'm maybe something i don't know but I, I i don't i don't think i don't think there's anything to be concerned about from my perspective 
and I'm sure they're just teething issues that they'll sort out soon. Yeah, I mean, I I feel the same as Joe in terms of I'm not concerned, but I am concerned um, in terms of <laughs> the new users and, and the, the thoughts that's going through their heads. So it's hard to explain to a friend who's recently joined, for example, why why that's happening. And it's people can lose patience very quick if they're not as invested as you know longer term traders like ourselves that are willing to sort of forgive these you know, little hiccups and then know that it will be okay long term you know new traders don't necessarily think that way and just thinking the amount we had in january i'm very conscious of keeping those because it might be that they can never get them back but I, I mean there have been a lot of people that have contacted me recently though ollie that have been like i actually had a raz at this like two years ago but never really got into it and now i'm going back so maybe it was not lost if someone joined in january they might join 12 months later they might be joining next january properly again if that makes sense and i guess like if someone does join then they already know about the brand so it's kind of like they've been activated as a as a person or a user um they might mention to it to a couple friends it's that network effect that even if someone joins and doesn't deposit um they know about it now and maybe they told their friends about it like oh i'm, I'm not too sure about this uh i don't know and then their friend kind of goes all right i'll have a look at it and maybe their friend has like you know 10 or 15k that they want to put into the platform so you never know um yeah. I- on, I think bro. I think I think part that will happen for some people, but I think some people would just immediately, you know, not trust potentially um, the name, the platform, um, and there'll be others who, you know, some people are at different stages of their lives, whereas right now they can invest a certain amount, but in a year's time they might not be able to. So it's it's not gonna it's not great essentially. You know, if it's working perfectly, you'd you'd keep uh, more than I think he was uh, long-term. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, next question is from Keegan's Bluff from the forum. A question for Ollie. Does he trade on how he thinks the market should be or how it actually is? <laughs> I mean, we're obviously talking about trends here um, and maybe trends that sometimes have a bit more, in my opinion, logical sense than others. Uh, but what I've sort of learned is to diversified to some degree so I, I will ride trends a little bit um, but always keep I have a sort of core 40 50 players which I won't really touch unless something significant changes about about why I've invested in them um, but I find it very difficult to trade on how it actually is if I don't think that it makes sense or it has much substance behind it um, because ultimately that will be something that could crash or not crash you know dip down again at any point because if there's no foundation there for that person to be rising or falling then i find it difficult as a long-term uh, trader to to get into get involved in that because i almost see through the rises you would hope rise and falls yeah uh yeah i, I think that's that's interesting i think uh if you're applying logic to every trade then it does kind of decrease your downside to some extent joel have you got any thoughts on, on this yeah I'd, I'd, I'd say option c uh how you think it actually will be okay um so trying to get ahead of the trends um i'd say looking at the, the two options he gave though at the start i think perhaps i was caught out on going on how i think the market should be and then although if you look at any period since i joined is, is pretty much been a growth period. I think doing that limited how much I could have made in that time. Uh, actually, is 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 it has performed much better than that, and then actually will be better even again. Yeah, and uh, I think there is something really interesting about what you've just said, where if you are investing or betting on players for the summer, you know that that money is going to go into those summer transfer players at some point, right? Um, So whether or not they rise immediately after a week or two weeks, you know that eventually that money is going to be there because the market for summer transfers is going to be uh, far greater than it is right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, the caveat is if you go in too early, there's the opportunity cost of not holding the right, players for that trend at the time but you've got to get but but even then at least you know that money will come into those players right whereas if you're holding on to players that might return or might uh 
uh, appreciate it from a capital standpoint for whatever reason, then I think you're you're playing like a longer odds game, right? Whereas if it's, uh, for example, if you're predicting a market cycle and you know that's coming up, uh, then then that that money or that potential to make money is probably a lot. Um, a lot greater but maybe you won't make as much if that makes sense yeah i I agree you've got to look ahead to trends i I personally have had a lot of summer transfer holds for quite a while um just sort of being patient on them and hoping that monday's announcement lends itself to that um but i think a a good example of where i'd say it's hudson adoy so i don't i've never actually held him i don't now but when he was rising and not playing um I personally definitely wouldn't have bought in and and would have cost myself money by not doing that. But once I've seen the media evidence, you know, that he could be in a transfer a transfer battle this summer and I've also seen a bit of PB evidence that he's actually got, you know, some ability to score fairly high on the matrix potentially in the future, then I would be interested. I haven't actually bought him, but that would make sense to me, but it but I don't buy them at the start of the the rise, if you like, when there's no nothing there to firm that price up, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But that 100% cost me money. And I, I acknowledge people who, who do do that and time it right will make a lot of money. But um, the problem is you don't know when it's going to dip off, if it will dip off at all. It could rise to the next level. But personally, I, t- I take a bit of a mix of them both, as I say, and, and always diversified to some degree in terms of, I'll never have two or three players or anything like that in my port. Yeah, so I think on that, and whether to decide to get on a trend, I think often the best way, if they're, they're rising without really doing anything extraordinary or hitting extraordinary headlines, they often just keep going. Um, I don't know, I say it with a heavy heart because it's kind of not backed by anything, but if if they're getting net buys and there's no real reason what you can see to start selling off, then they just tend to go in one direction um i'd say where where you can get in trouble is if you get on a player who's been on freakish form and starting to get a load of hype and then can't sustain that level that's those are the ones that then you can really get caught out definitely like that's happened with a lot of players i think we've seen the likes of rafael leal paqueta kind of boom and bust and from here on in it depends on kind of their PB and MB potential respectively right so it has happened and I I don't think it's a worry to me but I I always say that this kind of cycle of youngsters rising massively or or the bubble whatever you want to call it um, it it might be hindered by a massive crash by a player but we've seen some of those big crashes especially from a purely capital standpoint I think Leao in old money money went from was it like 530 down to 390 so that's a big drop and that hasn't scared people off buying youngsters after that because we saw you know the likes of Callum Hudson-Odoi that you mentioned Ollie fly up so it's um it's a really interesting situation uh I'll be really interested to see with the announcement on Monday if that's kind of an emphasis on MB dividends what that will do to some of those players that might not have potential over the summer to win uh, P- uh MB yeah I guess what I struggle to sort of understand is when people start caring about PB, if you like. So with some youngsters, you know, it doesn't matter because they're a youngster and they're going to get better. But then it seems to be at some point the market sort of wakes up and thinks this person's not actually going to get, get any dividends for at least a year or something. And and if you're not actively trading all the time, like like I'm not, um, you could potentially come back the next day and said player has, a sell-off has started. And as we know, you know, that can have a bit of a snowball effect up and down. Um, so if you're not on the ball with those type of players, you can potentially lose out. Yeah, and I think Sam uh, Friedman said something really interesting when he was on the show. Uh, he talked about how we don't actually know that age where a, a, either a pair, player peaks in price or when the market kind of thinks, right, now they should be performing and if they don't, then I'm going to sell them. Do you know what I mean? Like, we've seen it with the likes of, you know, players that have kind of failed at the youth level and then come back. I don't know, it's it's just a weird situation at the moment where I just don't think the market knows how to value these players. So 
it's kind of and I've, I've tried to wrap my head around trying to make a video about why youngsters are valued that highly and i think i've nearly got it but if you imagine kind of like um a bell curve so from left to right and it's gone like up and then down to when a player retires uh if you imagine the very tip of that graph the top is kind of like a messi or ronaldo or a neymar like the the peak price we've ever seen on a, a player at fi uh, every player starting out in the youth team has the potential to potentially get there right obviously some of them are going to be a million to one uh odds and some are going to be like ten thousand to one odds but depending on variables any player coming up through youth ranks could get there right um so then it's kind of what hurdles do they have to jump over to actually get to that point and if they fall at one hurdle then their trajectory is far lower than it was previously, which was the Neymars and Messi's. If they fall another one, then it's going to be even lower and so on and so forth. And I think that that's the kind of way to look at youngsters. But my concern has been that players who have kind of done the been that young player in Europe or whatever and failed and gone back to uh, whatever country, um, they're still quite highly priced compared compared to maybe their dividend potential and people are either still uh holding on to that once upon a time young player or they're just like hopeful that uh, even though the odds are against them that they will become a, a, a really really good world cup class player well, so we'll move on to the next question. Uh, this is from Ash FI. I would like to hear your thoughts on if Football Index changed the trending list from percentages to pennies. Would that sort a lot of the problems out with it? So I think he's kind of alluding to the pump and dump nature of those uh, really cheap players that we've seen and whether or not changing it from percentages to pennies would be uh, a useful thing to do. So my initial reaction was was like, yes. And then I kind of got thinking about it and then I- but then it would essentially be pretty much the same as when you look at the top 200 and you see them by default um, sorted by pound increase. And if you also think about next season, it's going to be, there won't be a top 200 and squad. It'll just be one big list. Then there'll be no purpose for that trending section at all. If it's in pound terms, Um so, so I, I don't really know what value that the trending list does bring now, if it could be better served with something else. Um, but I, I don't think that uh, making it, uh, putting it in absolute terms would, would improve it significantly. Yeah, I'd echo those points. I mean, personally, I don't pay much attention to the trending list. And I hope that people don't in general, because it tends to just be a breeding ground for those sort of pump and dump bad situations in general. Um, so yeah maybe there could be a, a, a better feature there as Joel says when it opens up to the to the full you know there's no squad in top 200 then we can see price movements within there so can that trend list do something Yeah I else? think uh, the right way to do it is to maybe make it less of a focal point so I don't think there's anything too wrong with it but if you make it less of a uh, in your face thing uh, on the app and on the website, then suddenly you're in a situation where it just doesn't have as much influence, right? Yeah. I guess from FI's standpoint, it's, you know, it encourages trading in general, so it's going to give them some commission. But as I've said before, we don't want new users to be stung in in things like that. Yeah, and I guess that... Yeah, and I guess that on the percentage side, it it showcases the, the potential returns, right? So if you're a new user, you get on the platform, you see, wow, this guy's gone up in 20, 25% in the last 24 hours. That's that's big, right? You know, this says there's big opportunity to profit here. And at the same time, there may be more savvy traders will look at that and be like, wow, he's up 25%. So who's the next person I can get on that will we'll get to there, if that makes sense. So I do think in, in some way it does simulate trading. It's, it, I think that is a good point in, in that it shows the potential returns. But then I'd also worry about sometimes i think new traders say oh they they think he could potentially keep going and they just buy these random players that have gone up 30 percent get stung on that as their first trade and i think that first trade is critical whether they stick around on the platform or not yeah that's true that is so true and maybe that's why you know the 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 500 money back guarantee thing is so uh so vital 
Okay, uh, next question is from Trumps. To make uh, PB a serious focus of your portfolio, do you think there is a minimum amount you need to invest and how many players would you need to buy to realise a decent return? It's an interesting question. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I think of everything from a percentage point of view. Um, Fairly PB focused, but as I say, diversify with all the dividends. Um, Now, I can see if you had... You know, a so-called smaller portfolio, the, there's more attraction to those capital appreciation players or potential for them to appreciate. Um, it depends on the person, doesn't it, to say whether there's there's a minimum amount. Um, you know, my, my brother's on the platform. He's got a £100 portfolio. He's quite PB-focused and he gets a thrill when when he's uh gets a PB win. I think it's, you know, nice and rewarding uh, when you've, done some research some data and that that is rewarded um and it's the real usp for the product in my opinion um so i'd say there's no real minimum you know if if it's gonna keep you entertained uh, as is the nature of the product and and why you've decided to join it um you know everyone's entitled to make up their own opinion but i think that's what makes the products unique um and something we should be pushing pushing for um, so, so I, w- I certainly wouldn't close it off. As I think you should look at all all the different uh, various kind of markets. It kind of follows into the next question as well. But you, I wouldn't close off one avenue. I think the like PB, youth, media, whatever it is, they're all different avenues to make money. You, you should try all of them, and then perhaps maybe go specialize in the one you find more success. Um, the or, other thing, or more entertaining, right? Perhaps, yeah. Um, the other thing I'd consider is it depends a lot on the time of year. If if you're not making, let's say, beginning of July when people start putting money back into PB players, well, that's what happened last year. We'll see what happens this year. Um, you'd be silly not to make that a serious focus for your portfolio if that's the trend at the time or you think that's about to be the trend. Um, so it depends on the time of year and where you've had success and enjoyment in the past can also lead you into which which kind of uh strategy you deploy with mm. your portfolio yeah i think all good points and and entertainment's a big thing i think so my friends and uh, and as i say my brother with a smaller portfolio you know they they're not on it necessarily to make thousands of pounds or to change their lives or anything like this they're, they're on it for enjoyment so um as joel says you know we potentially try out all of them, um, all the different avenues to make money, but also to to be entertained and see what you enjoy the most, um, and then go with it. Because ultimately, that's why a lot a lot of people are on the platform. Definitely. Okay, so next question is from Tom Seven Seven, and we've kind of alluded, or Joel, you alluded to those kind of categories. There are five markets, in my opinion. This is what Tom says: in play dividends, youth media. Uh, performance buzz and then the media buzz and performance buzz hybrid who are the elite players which one will die first or which area will increase most as in attract the most investment as i think a lot of traders are just unsure what to focus on at the moment which one will die well that's very difficult but i I mean you, you could say ipds are only on a trial till when is it the end of this season so arguably if they don't they're within their rights to say that won't continue so that could die or it could die temporarily um and come back as something slightly different perhaps um you know media and pb are as we say match day rankings and media rankings or whatever are established parts of the product i would say now so i'd find them very difficult to to die as they say um youth youth market dying that doesn't sound right but um yeah i mean it's never going to die is it there'll always be people who want want to get ahead of the curve and um you know get those young players before they they peak um but i think potentially that might have less legs moving forward um but there'll always be a market for the the ones that do make it to the top um and hybrid well, that will stick around with PB and media, to be honest. So probably IPDs, because I think they might change slightly at the end of the, the trial. 
um, if they do continue. Nobody yeah. knows. Yeah, it, it, it just depends whether or not they move the needle, right? Like, if if they don't really do enough in terms of move money around from player to player, then Football Index might have to look at it and say, I don't know about this. I, I also find the, the timing strange because, Joel, you talked about how the only real period of consistent games without... Um, without stop in terms of international breaks is, is from March onwards, right? But then people start focusing on transfers. So the IPDs, although I've I've been very negative about them before, maybe they've not been given... Uh, they've not been given a, a real um, platform to even try and succeed because uh, because people are already preparing for the summer. Yeah, I think I think the way the season is structured with international breaks... The, the timings always seem off fit and play dividends. Uh, it's a difficult one. It kind of, I don't think there ever is that consistent period that people think that in play dividends will ever have. But I, I, I've enjoyed them a lot over the last month, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so at the same time, I, I can't see any of those five categories dying. Well, I mean, it depends uh, how the market reacts, I guess, to uh, media being open to to all players, right? Um, so I'm not saying media could die, but we could see like a a reallocation of capital if certain media players, the 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 stalwarts in that category, don't win from the off from next season. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think what could be interesting there is, I mean, they spoke about only seven percent of winners becoming from the squad. But if that if that starts at the beginning of next season, and that's the so it's the first couple of last couple of weeks of August at the, at the beginning, that's probably the period that's most likely to see uh, people from the squad winning because of transfers. Um, so the market, it's possible, I guess, a, a massive overreaction when they see a, a ra- obscure player winning because of a transfer. But then we'll see uh, once September comes around, we'll see kind of what the actual uh, percentage of winners from the squad will be <laughs> if that makes sense yeah uh, so so yeah it will, it, i guess i guess media players could could suffer second two weeks of august um just on the ipds i i, I hope that on the conclusion of the trial you know they'll obviously look at the data see if it's generating enough um movement in the market and money for them um but also it'd be good for a proper sort of survey to go out to all traders um to form whether whether it continues or whether it's iterated slightly, um, and I'm not talking just a Twitter poll um, <laughs> for for you know a couple of hundred people to fill out. It would be good to see a full sort of consultation um, professionally uh, done. There <laughs> is all I'll say. <laughs> uh, FI momentum. Where do you when do you think FI will enter France, Germany, Spain, Italy, and how much growth do you think we'll see when that happens? Do you think Sweden, New Zealand, and Canada has added that much growth to the market? Maybe run a where are you from poll. Uh, I don't know if there's any point in doing that. I don't know how many followers I've got from Sweden or New Zealand. Um, I've I've been chatting someone on the index gain. Slack community is based in New Zealand, who's actually a Brit living out there, uh, and he's he's still enjoying it. Um, so I know that people can definitely trade from New Zealand. I know there's been some reg stuff with Sweden in terms of them changing their gambling laws, and I know Canada has proven more difficult than 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 usual uh, to actually get it live out there. Um, I I don't know how much how long it takes for these uh, countries to become uh, for, for for them to actually as a population coming into FI to actually uh, plug that much capital into the product and I think that you know we're not going to open up in France Germany Spain or Italy and it's just going to go boom overnight unless there's a massive pre marketing push right so I think there's going to need to be a lot of patience when these new territories open up because a product in the uk doesn't necessarily work in another country right it's that whole shift and lift thing if you just shift one product and lift it into another country there's no guarantees of success um joel have you have you got any data on on you know foreign territories and and stuff yeah i mean i've got a little bit on obviously seeing where my web traffic from is from and um where my twitter followers are from but um i mean they've left out ireland which i think is the biggest one out um out of the territories it's spread to 
I would say I wouldn't necessarily look. I think I think the numbers are fairly minute for those three countries mentioned, but I wouldn't necessarily use that as a guide of the difference that France, Germany, Spain, and Italy would make. I think the first few countries FI spread to are where the regulations have maybe been easier for them to set up there. Um, but then the countries now they've they've hired a specific person for international expansion and they're actually these are actually the countries where they think that they can get a lot of traction um in terms of when do you think that will happen i mean they talked about a western european country in 2019 i think at one of the trader meets um but i i don't know where they're, they're at with that at the moment yeah in terms of the growth i think you know obviously it all depends on how much marketing they do in said country and as you say you know they'll have to market it differently um depending on the country they're doing it in so and i I, i'm not aware of any significant marketing they've done in any of the territories um they're already in um so i think it's all going to be relative to to what they do on on from a marketing point of view and you know it sounds like they're gearing up their team to to do that and i think if they do it well we'll see a a good amount of growth um for sure because as as I said earlier, there's plenty of people I know in their communities, you know, so it sounds like there would be interest for sure across Europe, definitely. I definitely think there would be because, you know, there there are companies like the likes of Germany, Spain, Italy, France, where obviously football is massive. And it would also, as I mentioned prior, uh, with Media Buzz, allow the product team at Football Index to have a look at where they can iterate certain aspects of Football Index to make it more likely that it's a success in these new set of territories. Uh, Dan Jack Knife uh, question uh, from the Football Index gain, uh, or not Football Index gain, from the Index gain Slack community. Question for Joel, FI analysis. Do you think they should include aerial duels to the pb matrix i heard it from chris askew 86 that it's not entirely accurate from opta um so to address the second half first uh, so all the different data providers have different ways of measuring all, all these sorts of things so they can vary from supplier so i think opta are the market leaders but there will always be some discrepancy depending where you look at and how you judge how you define each uh, uh, stat. Um, what I thought was quite interesting about aerial duels, I hadn't thought about that this before, but it would perhaps prefer uh, favour the players that the met- matrix doesn't favour at the moment. So centre backs who are more kind of like non nonsense centre backs and target men centre forwards, uh, who who are probably the worst performers at the moment on match day dividends. However. I'm not sure I'd change the PB matrix for aerial jewels. Just, I don't think it's worth disrupting the whole thing f- for this. Um, it's, I don't know if, it, if with the whole whether to change the matrix, it's maybe something they should announce three years in advance, p- past where the current bets are set. But it it would be like if Paddy Power were to uh, organise a horse race, uh, take take bets on it, and then change how many hurdles are in are in this horse race it wouldn't be allowed there it's a bit of a tricky one that's interesting to be fair the three-year bet thing um if they announce something outside of that that that'd be really interesting um yeah i, I haven't thought about that to be fair uh ollie any other thoughts whether they should add aerial jewels up yeah it's dangerous playing with the pb matrix at all um would be my response to to any any sort of suggestion on that, I, th- I think also aerial duels are uh, duels are a weird one. I think you know there's there's the likes of dribbles that might be more exciting that could be added that aren't there that I think would be like on on top of my list. The aerial duels thing, I think I had a chat with uh, was it it was Buzzing Paul when he came on the podcast a, a few weeks back. He was talking about how aerial duels wouldn't actually maybe help centre backs, for example. They would probably help, as you mentioned, Joel the uh, Maybe those number nines, they're the target men. 
Right, uh, the next question, after a quite interesting one from Dan, uh, from Grinder Fig, sure you, you'll have been asked this announced, uh, this somewhere, but have we've seen some wild speculation what the div changes and promos will be announced on the 15th of April. So what, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I, I firstly think it'll be perhaps not a big major thing like some people are expecting, and it might just be a load of smaller things. Uh, you, you know, that graphic they put up on the app said offers promotions and bonuses so it sounds to me like they'll be doing you know sort of giveaways maybe a competition um you know where you gotta spend x amount maybe a deposit bonus yeah it wouldn't shock me as well if on monday they did a deposit bonus obviously most people will be listening to this and we'll already know what's happened um (laughs) but it wouldn't shock me just because they went through a spell of doing a lot of them, didn't they, um, yeah. last summer? And then people cried out for no more for a while. And they, they haven't, to be fair, for, what, six months or so now. So the whole blast into the summer um, promotion as well that they they put on. And for them to say bonuses in that, I think, would be dangerous if they almost don't do it on Monday because then yeah. it could hold off investment to when, you know, what people will always be talking about when is the summer deposit bonus going to happen yeah it's it's kind of like when they said that the dividends might increase with a share split they kind of had to do it after that right they've already put the words offers promotion bonuses out there i mean what what other type of bonuses could they do i'm not sure yeah i have no i have no idea but as it says world speculation i'll i'll go for something i think there'll be something similar to the world cup in terms of you get entries for trading, was it over £500 or something in a day? And then uh, I think there'll be something similar to that. Um, the thing I'd like most to see, especially for the like the transfer period, is if they did some sort of special offer on commission. Because I think it'd be really cool if you could if you could buy a player and then sell them for only a couple of pence more and still make a profit. It would make a massive difference to the amount of the volumes that are traded over the transfer period. I think, that's really interesting but yeah it's wild speculations <laughs> wild speculation but but quite smart that would be quite interesting if there was like um an offer yeah for a couple of months i'd like to see on that world cup giveaway what you know what were the results for for football index last time because it's been criticized quite widely hasn't it and, and how they did it and, and the purpose of it um you know, did did it really generate the amount of money they gave away? And was that the best way to to give out that amount of money? I'm not sure. So, but if you know from their point of view it did, then fair enough. But I'm not sure they'll do something exactly like that again. I kind of hope not. Mm. Mm. Right, right, gents. I think that's um, all we've got time for. Thanks very much for joining me, uh, Ollie. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, Ollie Price Bates. Um, also on the Slack community and um, on my football website, fresharsenal.com. You can read more about Arsenal um, and blogs on that. And Bellerin's vegan diet. Uh, what about yourself, Joel? Um, yes, I'm always up for chatting with um, other traders. Um, if you want to do that, I'm always available on at FI Analysis, it's Football Index AB. Um, and if you want to see content by me, I usually tweet it out from the Football Index Edge account lovely stuff thanks very much for joining me lads and if you guys are commuting i really hope you enjoy your commute if you're not commuting and doing whatever you're doing please keep tweeting me and telling me what you're doing while listening to the podcast sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions or if there was some similar ones there was a bit of overlap then just decided on one over the other and we just answered those but hopefully it's still kind of answered your question as i mentioned at the start of the show uh please do vote for me as the best gambling content creator at the football blogging awards uh it would mean the world if i was good to go on and win that uh, and if you guys have not subscribed to the podcast yet what you're waiting for subscribe button's just there and if you haven't left a review and you do love the show please do so uh, i love reading them and they help make the podcast look a lot better <laughs> thanks very much for listening everyone.